make this so that I, you can hear me. Yes, indeed. you're gonna hear me roar louder, louder than a lion, cause I am a champion, and you're gonna hear me roar. <laughs> Audio action. Salutations! <laughs> I'm Sophia's friend Bronwyn. And I'm Bronwyn's friend Sophia. And this is Quotes and Anecdotes. It is. Yes. <laughs> welcome everyone. <laughs> welcome one, welcome all to your favorite day of the week. Quotes and Anecdotes Day. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying your Wednesday. I hope you're enjoying your Wednesday. Sophia didn't sound very convincing there though. <laughs> I said we. <laughs> we hope. We both hope. Collectively. Collectively. <laughs> Collectively, the two of us hope. Two people can be a collection. Can they? Can they? <laughs> sure. Okay. Let us know if you guys think that two people can be a collection. Email us at quotesandanecdotes.gmail.com. <laughs> That's, well, that's the episode. Bye. Bye, guys. This is Wednesday Thoughts. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Well, it's, a, yeah, good start. it's Tuesday today. Well, for us, it's Tuesday. Yes. yes this, it will be true. Wednesday by the time you guys are hearing this. And it's quite a day, isn't it? It's rainy. It's rainy. But it's, like, not nice rainy. It's not, like, like torrential rain. It's, like, drippy and cold. But Sophia made nice tea. Sophia's mom made nice tea. Thank you, Sophia's mother. <laughs> and I'm excited because it tastes good. Yes. We are very lucky. We have our wonderful tea, our hot cinnamon spice tea. Mm. And it's very comforting on <gasps> a cold and drippy day. It certainly is. Well, we should go into wordlets. Yes, let's. We both have two wordlets this time. Uh-huh. Um, you get to start. Yeah, I do. Wordlet. <laughs> okay, so my first one is ameliorate, which is to make better or more tolerable. I remember, okay, so I texted Sophia yesterday. I was like, oh, this French verb is really cool. But I actually, when, and Sophia was like, oh, it's one of my vocab words. But I, I remember, because when it was one of your vocab words, I was like, oh my goodness, I know this word from French. And technically, word for English. Yes, for English. To clarify. And because it's a verb in French, it's like améliorer. Um, and technically, it's just to improve. But like, I feel like that word in English is like, oh, you need you needs improvement. Mm. Like that's it's not positive. Yeah. <laughs> but it just it like to make better. It just sounds so nice to ameliorate. I just I like that. It's very nice. I just I love that it. I don't know if it comes from French, but I love that it means the same thing in French and sounds yeah. the same in French. I think that's awesome. What's your first wordlet? My first wordlet is critique, and the reason why it's critique is because my friend got very irritated about it this morning when I was asking her what wordlets I should put in. Um, so critique means a detailed analysis and assessment of something, especially a literary, philosophical, or political theory. So, my this morning I was preparing the episode um, while while we were waiting for a class to start. I was on my computer, and my friend who was sitting next to me at her locker, I asked her like, "Oh, what wordless should I do?" 
this week, and she was like, you know what word I hate? And I was like, okay, well, that's not really the spirit of the show, but go ahead. She was like, critique. And the reason why I hate it is because people use it the wrong way. They use it like criticize, and it's not criticize. Sometimes it can be used for like, like it's not necessarily, it's not a negative word. It doesn't have a negative connotation. Everybody uses it with a negative connotation, like to critique you know, an essay or whatever. But it's just analysis. And, but it's just like an analysis, yeah. Huh. Very interesting. So, yeah. Thank um. you, Sophia. <laughs> um, yes, thank you to our friend. Uh, who's Sophia? Whose name is Sophia. Yes, <laughs> I didn't just say Sophia, really. Yeah, I did say Sophia. Um, what's your second wordlet? So my second word that is another one that someone got really annoyed about. <laughs> so it's the word criterion, which is the plural of criteria, or a standard on which a judgment or decision may be based. Our famous Latin Greek teacher uh, yes, was telling us in detail about the last time they had a professional development day and a person we who heard came that story into, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty passionate about it. But a... Um, what uh they had a speaker come and talk to them and the whole time they were saying criteria and this is a criteria that you should follow and he said he was really proud of himself because all he wanted to do he was like i just i it you have no idea how much self-restraint it took there's nothing i wanted to do more than to just jump up and say i think you mean criterion but i didn't and i i mean the thing is if i had then they would have they would have just stopped saying it but also I shouldn't, and honestly, I think he still kind of wished he did, even though that definitely definitely wouldn't have been a smart decision to no. make. Um, because I don't think it was a setting where they were looking for criticism. <laughs> um, but it was quite funny. Uh, yeah, he, he, he was very passionate about he's it. He's a bit so. of a grammar, like, nerd. Um, and grammar junkie. Grammar junkie, <laughs> And the other day, I think even before he told us the Criterion story, he was telling us about um, when he went in to have a doctor's appointment, a nurse told him <laughs> to lay on the table, and he was like, no. I it's... think you mean lie? Yeah, he, <laughs> it, again, it took all of his strength to say, I think you, like, not, to not correct her and say, like, don't you mean lie on the table? Like, lie down on the table? And then he went into a whole lecture about how lay is transitive, so it requires that the verb has an object or whatever. So you have to say, like, lay it down. Wow. Yeah, and then we did that instead of Latin for a solid, like, ten This minutes. is kind of how it goes. <laughs> this yep. is what it is. What's your last word? That but, yeah, so speaking of Latin and Greek, this is one that I found from Greek, and it is enclitic which is a word pronounced with so little emphasis that it, is sh- that it is shortened and forms part of the preceding word. So like the an apostrophe T in can't, like cannot, um, not forms a part of the previous word in can't. Huh. Or do not, I guess. Don't. Don't. don't not forms don't. a part of do. Aren't don't. those words strange, though? So strange. Like do not, or just like, hey, who needs the O? And we just put an apostrophe <laughs> there? Like that is quite strange when you're reading it. Yep. If you don't know yep. English. Um, but yeah, in Greek, it means a word that throws this accent onto the word before it. Um, or at least no, that's how <laughs> our Greek teacher um, put it when he is explaining on the board. Still not fully sure what that means. Still not sure how you can figure out if a word is an enclitic. 
Um, but he mentioned yeah. like, oh, this word's an enclitic, so the accent from here goes to the previous word. And I thought that it was cool that it took on a slightly different cool. meaning. Um, in, it's in funny because English. we always talk about like, he always starts off the class when you start Greek, like accents, not that important, or at least he did for our class, not important. I'm not going to ever grade them or check them. Like, yeah, sure. If you want, like, I always have a few kids who really enjoy it, but like, it's not the end of the world. And there've been so many instances where he's like, guys, this is a very different meaning if you don't have accents. (laughs) This is an enclitic word. And we're like, we wouldn't know. (laughs) We don't, we don't do accents. (laughs) But yeah, eh, I mean, I suppose I should just start using accents. I know I should too, but there are so many rules and I can't keep track of them. <laughs> yeah. Greek is good. Kind of Greek 10, is a good recommend. Time. What's your topic this week, Sophia? Um, well, our topic this week is fitting because we are currently um, partaking in it, I guess. Are that we? Was... D. True. Well, what is it? <laughs> Maybe, and then we can let them judge you as um, well. <laughs> our topic is comfort foods. We're doing a lot of like comfort things, simple things. We've decided to make our approach less like profound, big topics like time or like, I don't know how many we've really done, but like instead of trying to think of like big general things, we're trying to find more things we enjoy. Like smaller, more specific. And then we can like talk about them, especially um, anecdote wise, we can kind of like. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's a good time. But yeah, so comfort food. What what did you uh, put under the topic, oh? Oh, so again, when I was preparing this episode this morning with my friend next to me, I looked up, I just Googled comfort foods. No, I think I Googled comfort food quotes or something, and it always has images. And then there was this little cartoon that popped up, and I thought it was absolutely adorable, and it made my friend Sophia and I smile. So it's, it's a little man... And he's looking at his breakfast, and he's got, like, little bread and some scrambled eggs and a little glass of water. And they're all talking to him, and one of them is saying, let a smile be your umbrella. And the other one is saying, keep your sunny side up. That's the eggs, because sunny side up. And then the water glass is saying, don't worry, be happy. The food's comforting him. Yeah. It's comfort food. That's the joke. It's it's comfort food because it's comfort in him. But he's got such a big smile on his face. He's like, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really needed that all. today. Thanks, that means a lot. And it's very sweet. So I encourage you all to Google comfort food quotes. And I think it's like the first image. And it's very sweet. Um, would you like to start us off with your word? I would love to. Should we just do one quote because we're doing fine for time? Sure. Okay, um, so my word, okay, well, Sophia got a good word, and then I was like, oh, I have to do a good word now. No, I'm kidding, I just... I'm, Complaining about I know. having to find You find word. some good Gosh, words doing this, let me just say. The amount of oh, dictionaries thanks. I've poured over, no, I haven't, I, it's just a lot of Google searches, but you find some cool things. But the word that I found is revivify, um... And I feel like I used the, this word, or this word was used in some setting, and I because oh, it I makes it me might think of something, and I don't know what it makes me think of, but I have severe days. We might have used revivify, maybe with comfort things. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I've done definitely done that before. I've definitely reused words before. <laughs> I remember that one time we were in the middle of recording an episode, and we, <laughs> we were, were like, like oh, "Wait, wait. <laughs> this isn't right." But it's okay, guys. I'm sure maybe you just will notice how important a word this is and you can keep it with you forever and always so the <laughs> word is revivify um and it means give new life or vigor to 
which I think comfort foods do. I'm That's really a very good, good this, word. I really this. like it, but I'm really thinking. I'm really, really thinking. I really. I already think we might have. It. Hold on. Let me. Well, actually, no. I mean, I'm not gonna change it. No, 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 no. But you I'll let going. you know. I'm just gonna. You can listen to both of them and see if I contradict myself or whatever. But yeah, it means give new life or vigor to. Um, which I think there are times when a comfort food can do that when you're tired and sleepy or grumbly or sick or whatever it might be, and you have you have some food and you're like. Uh, I feel revivified. Revivified. Revivificationized. I thought that was where you were going. Revivificationized. That's a good word. Revivification. Isn't that a good word? It's really hard. There's like three similar sounds right after. Revivification. Revivification. That's good. It's fun to say, guys. You should try. (laughs) Just while you're listening, wherever you happen to be, just say out loud, revivification. I can't even do it. It comes from... (laughs) I was just saying I want to be a beatboxer, so... (laughs) Halfway there. I was. Were you not listening? (laughs) I want to learn how to beatbox. What? I thought it was worth more attention than you gave it. When? <laughs> Just now? Like before it, right before we started recording. <laughs> and then I tried and it didn't work and you just ignored me. <laughs> I definitely didn't hear you. Well, glad we are good at communicating. <laughs> So Did you try to beatbox? Yeah. <laughs> How did I not hear that? I don't know. It was really sad because oh it didn't work well. And I was like, oh, you didn't even laugh. <laughs> oh my goodness. I wish you'd recorded that. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> it comes from the French revivifier, the late Latin revivificari. Oh, that's a fun word. Revivificare. Yeah. I'm I sorry, think. I mispronounced it. I mean, it's, there's not really a mm-hmm. correct pronunciation, mm-hmm. but yeah. Okay. It's, a first, <laughs> it's a first conjugation verb. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I've seen a lot of care verbs. Yes. Yes. Um, and then also the English revivify all became revivify in the late 17th century. Hmm. Sophia, what's your word? Because it's much better. It's not that much better. My word is solace, which means comfort or consolation in a time of distress or sadness. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, the, the time when you most want comfort foods is in a time of distress or sadness. Because it's just like, ah, like you can, I mean, we'll talk about this in anecdotes and stuff. But like when you've had a tough, a rough day at school or like when you've been sick for a really long time or when you had a really tough test or when honestly when it's just Friday and you had a long week and you're just ready to be home and you have one of those good, good comfort foods, and you just feel better because you're eating this food that you love. And, yeah. Hold so, on. folks, um, <laughs> it was at this moment, at 2.06 p.m. on a Tuesday, when Sophia and I noticed, huh, we have done foods before. Now, I, I would like to argue that comfort foods are different than normal foods, but, <laughs> and, and that's correct, and for the sake of this episode, we hope you agree to. It'll be different. Maybe it's not the most original in terms, but hey. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys. Then, we didn't. We were tired. We didn't fully realize that we've done food before. This is going to be... But 
we did food a really long time ago. Yeah, maybe you know you need to. So eat maybe you need a refresher on what food Sophia and Bronwyn like specifically. Now back to your normally <laughs> regularly uh, scheduled, scheduled program. program. Um, but solace. Um, <laughs> did I interrupt you in the middle of your word? Think so. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Yeah, no, I think it was just, I already said my explanation. You want comfort food when you're distressed or sad, and that's literally the definition of solace, and I feel like food can be a solace. The other thing with this is that we play Dungeons & Dragons, and which is like, if you don't know what that is, it's a, it's a game. role-playing game, um, and basically like one person tells a story and the other people like act in it. That's the quickest way I can explain it right now. Yeah. Um, but for one... Uh, arc I'm telling the story and I made a place in my arc called the Solace Cafe and um I named it that just because I thought of you know like that I think that cafe in that story is the epitome of comfort mm. foods and just the characters um the characters yeah the characters go there when they need like a little break after fighting a monster or whatever and they you know it's just nice it's comforting. just a place of relaxation and rejuvenation. That's a good word. Revivification. I can say Revivification. Yes. Woo. Um, so really quickly, because we've talked for a while, um, the etymology of solace is solari um, from Latin, which is to console. And then in Old French, solas and solacier. 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 And then solace in Middle English. Um, but we need to move along, so Bronwyn, what's your quote? My quote is, As I ate the oysters with their strong taste of the sea and their faint metallic taste that the cold white wine washed away, leaving only the sea taste and the succulent texture. <laughs> <laughs> and as I drank their cold liquid from each shell and washed it down with the crisp taste of the wine, I lost the empty feeling and began to be happy and to make plans. Okay, turn it around <laughs> at the end. Yeah, I don't know. How, that's by Ernest Hemingway. I don't find in, oysters and wine um, particularly yeah, comforting, I was about but to say. it was it was in very nice. I know. Way. When I first read it, I was like, oh, "There's nothing that would make me feel less comforted <laughs> than like wine and oysters." But hey, to each their own. And if you if that could very well be someone's comfort food, and I can and I liked the quote, just overall. Um, yeah, like I, I, I it doesn't make me feel particularly comforted just reading that combination like it kind of it really really doesn't <laughs> but no, but if that makes someone happy then yeah. I think that's amazing yes 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 um and I think I just liked that I lost the empty feeling and began to be happy and to make plans because yeah, I especially love that I lost the empty feeling bit yeah because like, sometimes you just ugh, you don't you're like tired or you're just like you haven't done anything all day or maybe you've had a long day and you're just like ugh, i don't have any energy left to give and then you just have some food that is comforting and you're like okay now instead of zero i have maybe 10 percent <laughs> yeah i feel like too the empty feeling can or at least if you're feeling empty in one way or another if you fill yourself up with food comfort food especially There's a not that that's a healthy way to deal with emptiness but if there's you, a time and like a place, a, yeah, sometimes that's what be, you need. It can be comforting. Yeah, and it might make you feel happy, and allow you to. It might revivify you. Yes, and that's by Ernest Hemingway in A Movable Feast. 
Ernest Miller Hemingway was an American journalist, novelist, short story writer, and sportsman. His He's a sportsman? Yeah. His economical and understated style, which he teamed the iceberg theory, had a strong, which he termed the iceberg theory, had a strong influence on 20th century fiction, while his adventurous lifestyle and his public image brought him admiration from later generations. Wow. Yeah. Ernest Hemingway. You might have heard of him just once or twice. <laughs> Sophia, who's, what's your, what, what, what are you saying this week? Uh, my first quote is, Some foods are so comforting, so nourishing of body and soul, that to eat them is to be home again after a long journey. To eat such a meal is to remember that, though the world is full of knives and storms, the body is built for kindness. The angels who know, who know, or knew, who know no hunger, have never been as satisfied. Um, yeah, I, I really liked the, especially the, like, second line, I guess, that, um, some foods are so comforting, so nourishing of body and soul that to eat them is to be home again after a long journey. And I think that's really nice. Yeah. Because especially the to eat them is to be home again after a long journey. Because I know that for one thing, when I think of comfort foods, I think of being home and like at the dinner table or on the couch or whatever and just being like, oh my God, I'm home. I'm happy. I'm like comforted because I can like take a breath. And, yeah, and a long journey, I feel like, can be anything from going on a trip to, like, having a long day at work or school or a long week or whatever it might be. Um, and, yeah, and though the world... <laughs> you know that makes me think of? You know the Friends theme song where it's, like, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, month or, or even your year, <laughs> then the comfort but... foods will be there for you <laughs> when the rain starts to pour. And then the world is full of knives and storms, but the body is built for kindness. I thought that was really nice, too. Yeah. And who said this? This quote was said by Eli Brown, um, who lives on an experimental urban farm in Alameda, or Alameda, I'm not sure, California. And his writing has appeared in the Cortland Review. Um, His first novel, The Great Days, won the Fabry Literary Prize. Oh, interesting dude. So pretty cool, too. Um, What? Oh. Anecdotes. Woo! That wasn't a very good transition. Maybe from now on I'll just be like, anecdotes. That was loud. Anytime we do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would you like to start off with one of your first anecdotes? Okay. So one of the... Ooh. Okay, so I think the first comfort food that I can think of is like the food that we would have when we were homesick when we were little. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't, I wasn't ever, I wasn't, I was never out sick often. Like, it was a very rare thing. But I have, like, a very vivid memory of sitting in bed, eating goldfish, jello, and ginger ale. (laughs) And those are the foods whenever we're sick. Not as much goldfish, but definitely always jello. We always get jello. Like, someone will go to the store and get jello and ginger ale. so specific. I know, but we always have it when someone's sick. Like, my brother was homesick the other day, and, like, I came home, and there was just jello. There were, like, three packs of jello and, like, ginger ale in the cupboard. Because, <laughs> like, someone had gone out specifically to get that. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah. So, that'll always be, like, if I'm ever homesick, that'll be, like, that'll be a thing. For sure. And then, I guess, just another, like, f- first memory from when I was little. 
of comfort food was at the preschool I went to, we would have in kindergarten every day there would be a different snack and we would help make it. So like Monday was, I don't remember, Tuesday was soup day. We would help chop the vegetables um, and then we would have soup. Wednesday was bread day. And what we would do is there is a thing of bread dough and then we would each get a little amount and we would make shapes and like different things out of it. So we would always like always snails. That was always a go to. Um, that's the main one I remember. And it it's funny because I've never had bread that tastes like it. And I don't know what was different about it. But for some reason, I picture it being gray, which it wasn't. But I, that was just that's just my memory. But it was like it had millet in it. It was like just just this bread that I just remember very vividly and I'd never tasted anything like it and that was that's something I'll always remember and you'd like get they would pass around the tray and you'd always try to find the ones that you made and you're like oh that one is mine and they're like all look the same (laughs) like there were snails made by six-year-olds there wasn't that much (laughs) variety that's so cute yeah what's what are your first anecdotes um well similar to your similar to your one um when we were sick, our go-to food was chicken noodle soup, and I don't really know why, because I don't even, I didn't even like chicken noodle soup very much, but, I mean, I did when I was sick, though. I really did when I was soup sick. Soup when you're sick is the best. It is. I'm not the biggest fan normally, although there are certain soups that are, like, really good, but in general, I prefer other foods to soup, but when you're sick, it's the best. But yeah, that was always, like, oh, when you say, again, I didn't stay home very often, uh, as a kid either, although there was one period at some point where I had pneumonia, I think when I was like five, and it was two weeks, and it was rough, but um, I remember, oh, it was during Christmas. Oh my goodness. I forgot about that. That's not a fun anecdote. Anyways, (laughs) um, but I do remember that when I was sick, my mom would always be like, "Um, okay, Sophia, I got you, like I'd be in bed, and then it'd be like, you have, we have some chicken noodle soup for lunch, can you get up (laughs) and and sit up to have it? and yeah, it was very, very good. And it was just kind of like if you you could eat it no matter what, like if your throat was hurting, if you were mm-hmm. stuffy, if you had a fever, like you could always eat chicken noodle soup. And I loved it. I guess another one that has gone back for a really long time is I always think of, I mean, this isn't necessarily a comfort food, but as far as like the feelings that comfort foods bring you, I guess, I always think of Thanksgiving foods. And we've already done mm both food and Thanksgiving, so I'm not going to spend too long on this. But, like, turkey, stuffing, and dinner rolls are the three that specifically, that I could think of that we really only have at Thanksgiving, especially stuffing. Like, I've never had Mm. stuffing any other time except Thanksgiving. And so anytime I have it or I'm eating it, it always makes me think of, like, family and laughter and just, like, absolutely stuffing yourself with this huge, like, all of this delicious food and there's always a level level of comfort to that like oh I'm just eating a ton yeah. with family and so yeah that's those are two of them um what are your next ones um one of them is something in our family so <laughs> every summer we go up to Canada and we're up like all of our family we're all on a lake all of our family like on my mom's side, each family has, like, their own place. And there are, like, five families total, I think, on the lake. Yeah. Wow. And my aunt um, is, a, well, a lot of them are good cooks. But my aunt is notoriously, like, Auntie Shannon is very good. And we would go 
uh, like once or twice a summer to her place and we would whenever my dad made up a song that was you can get anything you want at Andy Shannon's re- or at Shannon's restaurant <laughs> and we would just call my brother started calling it Shannon's restaurant <laughs> whenever we'd go to her place um and we'd have like peanut butter chicken that was a big one oh wow um I think another type of like chicken like sweet and sour chicken I think Maybe, I don't remember. We would have cooked, she was very good at cookies. She made this marshmallow sh- salad. Just, there's there's always something very good to eat when you go there. Um, and so that was like always a thing growing up. Annie Shannon's restaurant. And that's a very, I don't know. I've thought of that when I was writing down anecdotes. That's so cute. Um, and then I think also uh, another one that's more family is my dad. Less so now, but still to some extent. But for most of when I was growing up, every weekend my dad would make breakfast. And he would be like, especially for my brother, me and my brother, where we like just wanted pancakes every weekend. He would always make us pancakes. And especially when we would go skiing, his thing, in order to get us up and like out the door earlier he would bring us breakfast in bed so that we didn't have an excuse to like get up late like if he brings food to you at 6 a.m you have to eat it and then get up <laughs> and then you're also like indebted Solid to him logic. you're you're indebted to him so you have you can't be like no I don't. like like not that we would anyways but like you can't if he's like let's go now you have to be like yes thank you for making me breakfast <laughs> like go so he would bring us breakfast in bed which was very sweet like a lot of effort very sweet and he would always make pancakes especially berry pancakes and I've gotten to the uh, like put fruit in them and I've gotten to the point where I've had so many pancakes that I really can't have them very often because like I've had so many but he has this like way of cooking them where it's like if you'll make bacon or something he'll keep that like the bacon fat in the pan and then use it to like fry them they're it's they're very elaborate that's amazing (laughs) yeah they're very like intense um but yeah that's like a very it's a very nostalgic, uh, very nostalgic food. That's amazing. What's your next anecdote? Um, well, my next one's, if we're going off of family, I'm trying to, like, organize these in my head because it's just a big list of foods. Um, but something that I absolutely love, we have family over a lot. I'm very lucky in that um, almost all of my extended family lives um, in Fairfield County, which is where we live in Connecticut. Um, so we have people over a lot and family over a lot. And something that my mom and dad always do is prepare like a cheese board, which I have recently learned, I believe the more formal name for it is charcuterie. Yeah. It's just like a board of like a couple different cheeses and a lot of, I mean, we all usually have prosciutto. Sometimes there's like salami and just like various little snacky things that are more fancy than like chips. Um, and my thing when we have this is manchego. I don't know if any of you guys know what manchego is or have ever had it, but it's a type of cheese and it is the best cheese in the entire world. I love manchego. It's just, it's very, very good. And so sometimes we don't have it, but at this point I've made such a big deal out of how much I love manchego that my one of my parents almost always, like if we're having people over and I'm going to be there, someone almost always gets manchego for me. And everyone likes manchego, like everyone will eat it, but no one is quite as like, I will only have the manchego because it's just the best. So funny. 
Um, and I love it. And again, it's sort of comforting because I only really have Manchego when it's with close family and friends. And we're all like, because charcuterie also is usually had in sort of a community setting. Like we'd yeah. all be standing around this like plate of cheese and just like picking off of it and telling stories or whatever. So yeah. Um, and then I forget what my other anecdote relating to that was. Oh, I guess um, similar to your whole pancake story. Um, when I went to Galapagos, my Galapagos mother, her uh, son had a lot of dietary issues, so he couldn't, I think there was, like, he couldn't have gluten, and there was a lot of other stuff that he couldn't eat. So uh, she had devised this pancake recipe for him because he loved pancakes so much, and she uh, devised it so that he could have pancakes. And they were banana pancakes, and they were amazing. And they had, like, they used three different types of flours. It was, like, rice flour. I forget the other ones. Maybe corn flour or something like that. It was very, very elaborate. And we put chocolate chips in it when we were down there, but you could, like, leave out the chocolate chips. But the best, you put it with peanut butter. Have it with some peanut butter. Banana pancakes and peanut butter. So good. Amazing. And she taught me how to make them. So we have this video that is now like the most treasured video and everyone quotes it in in my family all the time. Like, But it's, she took a video of me and she's like, oh, you're, Sophie, you're cooking pan- pancakes. You're, you're my soup chef or whatever. Um, and it's very, very, very sweet because she has a distinct like way of saying words. Um, but yeah, so I loved learning to make banana pancakes. And then um, she gave me the recipe. She wrote it down on like a little index card for me. And then when I came home, I couldn't find time to make them until, like, last winter. And then I did make them, and I managed to replicate them somewhat. And then I, we documented me making them again and sent it back to her. And she, it was, it was very, she was very happy. So, yeah. That I love. I need to make those again. They're so good. <laughs> loved, loved her banana pancakes. Um, what's your next one? Um, so, my next one is food cooked over a fire. So, one of my favorite things is, like campfires the smell of wood smoke that kind of thing like I love that it makes me very nostalgic I just always love that and I love food food cooked over a fire because it's never that good like it's not like gourmet amazing food but it has like a slightly smoky taste to it you made it you put an effort you made the fire to make it like it's very it's you always feel proud after it when we I don't think I've ever really had I mean like grilled stuff which is another anecdote yeah. of mine but like I don't think like over an open fire I've, I've done, done it so when I went on a canoe trip with my um CIT like counselor and training group essentially at my at the summer camp I was at this summer we um went on a five-day canoe trip and we each spent a day like practicing leading the trip. So my group, like me and two other kids were in charge one day and that included like making the food for the group. So in the morning, like we got up before everyone else and we like made a fire and we uh, cooked food over it. And I like that memory is just amazing cause it was like a mix of, there were I think like a total of like, a, like three or four of us who got up early and were making it. And, like, you are like, we, I think we are making oatmeal, so it wasn't actually that hard to do. But, like, still, like, you have to make the fire. You have to keep that going. I remember one of my friends, um, it, it's just now, like, a like a saying is, like, go collect firewood because she wasn't doing anything. She's like, you know, I can help if you want. You just have to, like, tell us what to do. 
and we were like, okay, go collect firewood. And then she was like, well, no, I don't want to do that. And we're like, sucks. <laughs> but anyways, that like whole morning, that whole like cooking food for everyone and then eating it and like, I don't know, the just food cooked over a fire is a very nostalgic, comforting thing in my I opinion. I want to do that now. I've never done that and it sounds so lovely. It's very good. It's very fun. Yeah, and then I think that's what I have before I have, I think, some more shared ones. Yeah. Um, I think one that that I have um, similar to, like, I don't know, cooking food over a fire a little bit um, is my dad and his grill. My dad absolutely loves uh, grilling. I've never used that word before. Um, but I think that stemmed from my grandfather who, I, and I've definitely talked about this on the food episode, but my grandfather's from Argentina, and um, they have, like, Argentine meat is a big thing and very famous, um, and so they spend a lot of time, like, probably grilling things, like, cooking things over a fire and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll often have Argentine BBQ, BBQs. <laughs> that's how I wrote it, so that's how I said it. Um, Argentine barbecues, which is, like, a lot of steak and chorizo and... It's it's delicious, but it's a little it's a little much. Um, but yeah, so my dad absolutely loves grilling, and we've recently been trying new things on the grills. So like now we'll grill vegetables, Ooh. and it's he has a very nice grill because he loves it so much. So he, especially in the summer, we we grill a lot. And then one of my <laughs> one absolute... time my dad was dropping me off here, and he like was like, "Oh, that's a nice barbecue." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my dad put, I think, I'm pre- if I remember correctly, my dad put a lot of time and effort into what nice grill he was going to buy, because our, our old one was breaking. <laughs> it was funny. Um, and, but my absolute, fa- my absolute favorite thing that we cook on the grill that is kind of like a joint effort with my mom and my dad um, is homemade pizza. Mm. And she will, like, not make the dough, but she'll roll out the dough, the bought dough, and then put like the sauce on it and put the cheese and vegetables and stuff and she'll do all that and then she'll carry it out on a little tray to my dad and he'll cook it and it's the best the homemade pizza like sometimes we'll cook it in the oven too but the grilled is it's just always better it's so good i'll invite you over for dinner one at one point when we have grilled homemade pizza it's the best it's like (laughs) it's one of my (laughs) it sounds very good it's just one of my favorite foods and it's always like what are we having oh homemade pizza yes and it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a comfort thing. Um, yeah, I think the other ones that I have are probably shared as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I have a couple that are, like, foods that make me think of friends. <laughs> and I think the first one is more from, like, elementary school, where we started a writing club. It was, like, four or five of us. And it was called Mazba, because that was our initials. that's amazing and it started out as ABBA and then we added more people but beforehand me and Ashi were like no 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 like it can't be anyone we have to make sure they like writing so that they don't they're not a downer (laughs) so we would like surreptitiously like ask our friends like hey do you like writing and they're like eh yeah I don't know and we'd be like like a scale of one to ten and then they'd be like, yeah, I kind of like it. And we're like, hypothetically, writing club, what would you say to that? <laughs> um, and then we would write stories and share them and have snacks. And we had corn chips and 
salsa and strawberries, and that just became and cheese and strawberries and cheese. <laughs> that just became a thing, and like that's I still amazing. reference it to this day. That's yeah. so sweet. But whenever I have like chips and salsa or like strawberries, I think of that. <laughs> That's so good. And what is the what's another what's another thing that <laughs> shared? Um, a shared one. Or if you have a non-shared one, I don't that I don't know why I, that. <laughs> You're like, oh, fine though. Um. No, I mean, I guess we always we don't have that much junk food in the house, but whenever we go on road trips, um, my mom always stocks up on our like we call them our, our road trip snacks and that's like our indulgent time <laughs> to have chips and stuff and the the ones that we always like is a staple of each road trip are oreos and usually some sort of potato chip um and goldfish and milanos we have a lot of it's like a, a mix of cookies and chips and we usually don't finish them all on the road trip but like sometimes when you're just sitting in the car for five hours, it's really nice to have a couple you just of, like, of chips. It's just something to do. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, recently, we've been getting into veggie sticks as well. Those are good. Those are very good. But yeah, that's a that's a little one, a mini anecdote. Um, okay, now now I have... I think Oreos is like a kind last. of shared one as well, though, because... Oh, yes. Oreos has a whole now, different It just it became a thing... And oh yeah, it's, and now it's whenever we hang out, we have Oreos, and it makes me think of our friend group, and it makes me happy, and I love them. It also makes me think of the farm because not as much yeah. anymore, but it, especially when we were in like middle school, when it got colder, instead of having ice pops, we would have Oreos. And yeah. now it, I think, I mean, usually now when it gets colder, we have like something different, like popcorn or chips or something. Recently, um, but, we have yeah, but it used to be Oreos all yeah. the time in the fall, and, and so everyone now, could go and like because the director. Just love sugar and like yes. <laughs> junk food. Like that's just always. There's always a couple of like snack things around. <laughs> um, but he would just get like a couple of packs of Oreos, and we would just stand there and hand out two to each kid. Yep, <laughs> just have Oreos. And now Oreos have so many different connotations, especially our friend who stuck a fork in an Oreo. At one and point. that just became a thing. And now we tease her about it constantly. Yeah. Um. And so. Oreos always make me think of like the farm and friends and laughter. It's yeah. great. And do you have any other shared ones? <laughs> One is tea. <laughs> if you can't tell, we've mentioned it in every single comfort fall food related Every thing. single one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can we just talk, talk about too it much about it, But it's just the best, isn't it? It's just wonderful. Right now we're both drinking tea. It never, I mean, I just, I only recently started drinking a lot of tea, and it's just, it's been You such can't go nice. back. Yes. It's just so good. And, like, last year I usually stuck to, like, two different types, but this year I've been exploring a little bit more. Branching out. Like, branching out, <laughs> trying some of Sophia's tea. Usually it's more black tea than not, but every now and then I'm like, hmm, maybe I want to try this one, and we'll have something particularly good. I'm like, huh, not bad, not bad, I'm a fan. <laughs> so, yeah. I just, oh, it's the best. It is very good. And what's the last shared one? <laughs> um, the last shared one is something that Bronwyn just convinced me to get into like two weeks ago. And it is the Great British Bake Off, or the Great British Baking Show. I don't know what it's actually called. It's called now. the Bake Off. Baking Show is the Americanized version of the name. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, the Great British Bake Off. 
Um, and Bronwyn was watching it. I think it was during our free at one point while she was doing homework and she was showing me like, oh my God, look at this contestant. They're so sweet or whatever. And then started explaining to me why it was such a good show. And so that, that night I was like, all right, I'll try an episode and immediately got obsessed. And now I watch it a lot. It's just very good. It's really nice. And the reason why I included it in comfort foods is because it's, (laughs) cause it's not a food. Um, but I do watch it as like a little as a show to like take a breather for a second and just be like, okay, I'm but it makes just you want chill. food. Well, that is the other thing. That is the issue. The other night I was watching it and I was like, man, I really want. I want eat these nothing cakes. more than just a slice of that that chocolate mousse cake. <laughs> yes, but exactly. it convinced me to try to make cream puffs which i did successfully just saying yeah and and candy and i made the candy and the candy was good that's amazing yeah no it it convinced me to make brownies the other day and i did that successfully too so it's very good brownies (laughs) thanks with a significant amount of help from my mom so it was not just me making a perfect batch of brownies she was telling me how to do everything but you did still made brownies um so yeah it's just a really nice show and it's very comforting to just like snuggle up in bed and watch people eat food so this is another excuse for us to talk about food (laughs) clearly we're fans of it Mm -hmm. but yeah i think we're gonna head out leave you guys here (laughs) uh if you enjoyed this podcast you should rate review or subscribe yes you should if you want to know more about our intro and outro music, you can find them linked in the episode description. Mm-hmm. Our intro music is... Inspirational Life. And our outro music... Blossoming Inspiration. Thank you, Our Robert. Instagram is quotes dot and dot anecdotes. And you can see when we post a new episode or if we're going to be taking a break for some reason. Email us at quotesandanecdotes at gmail.com. If you decide you're done with Apple phones and you're getting a new one or because maybe you just want to switch to spotify for some reason our podcast is available on spotify um <laughs> that was maybe, such a wild way of getting or, or to that. any version of this maybe you're listening on spotify and you want to try apple podcasts it's on apple podcasts it's on spotify it's on google play i believe um <laughs> it's been a while since i've checked up on that um but yeah you can find it basically anywhere where podcasts are found you can follow our Instagram and find our a link to our RSS, or not our RSS, or like the website that has the podcasters, but you can like listen to it on there if you can't access any of these I think apps. if they're listening to our podcast right now, then they know where they listen to our true, podcast. True, this is true. Okay, well, we hope you enjoyed. <laughs> oh, that was a weird laugh. Um, have a good rest of your Wednesday, guys. Um, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, and we promise we won't talk about food next week. Maybe the week after that, but not next week. Okay. Bye, my friend Sophia. (laughs) Bye, my friend Bronwyn. I can remember. (laughs) Three little birds sitting on a picket fence and cut.